Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. But there always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Shift and Build, Three Pillars for a Marketable Brand, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms. If you'd like to receive notifications on when our podcasts have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Victor Manzo is a certified pediatric chiropractor, transformational mindset coach, influential author, creator, host of the multiple, sorry, creator, host of the Mindful Experiment podcast and inspirational speaker. He has helped entrepreneurs double their profits in 12 months while working less and increasing time with his loved ones. When working with entrepreneurs, Victor utilizes many principles to help them create the reality they desire. He has been studying and putting into practice these principles that have transformed his life to where he works less, earns more, and spends more time with his loved ones. And he works with entrepreneurs. He utilizes many principles to help them create the reality they desire. So welcome to the show, Victor. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you. So I always ask my guests before we get into kind of the meat of the topic to tell us just a little bit more about themselves and how they got into what they're doing. So I'd love to hear a little bit more background on you as well. Yeah, my my journey kind of started when I was like 12 years old. I, I was telling my mom how I wanted to figure mm-hmm. out this this thing called life. I was like, I'm going to figure out life. I want to understand how it works, why certain athletes are so exceptionally well versus some aren't and all these different things. And so about 12 years later, I returned back to that. And it was when I was in chiropractic school, I was learning not only just chiropractic, but I was also learning energy medicine. I became a Reiki master and trainer. I started learning about 10 different energy healing modalities. And um, I was learning spiritual laws and universal laws and so forth. And it started to give me like this 
solid foundation to understand kind of how things work a little bit. And then it wasn't until after chiropractic school, I started to look back and go, okay, well, how can I apply this in my life, right? Because I'm starting my business now. Uh, I'm starting from, I actually was negative 20, 30,000 just to start my own business. Um, and it was one of the things where I'm like, okay, what are the things I know that's true and that I know that can work? And I started looking back and I started looking at the brain and what I learned. And I'm like, oh my goodness, there's principles in neurology that relate to principles in spirituality, but also relate to universal laws and quantum physics. So I was like, if I put all those three together, that was enough for my left brain to be like, this is going to work. Uh, I was very left brain. I'm a type A driver personality. So I was like, this has to be very scientific. I have to, you know, be able to see it from that, I, that lens first. And so I started to apply and I started putting things in together and it took a couple of years. I had my roadblocks and my, what I call tuition or your learning experiences. And then eventually I started to get more into the right brain side and seeing like how it all worked and, and just trusting that process. And when I started to do that with all the principles, all of a sudden my life changed and my life became easier. I was making more money, which it wasn't all about the money. Um, but my, my purpose was impact, but in order to make a good impact, you, you gotta be profiting or else, you know, that's your numbers or what you're doing. So it was my impact. It was more important what I was focusing on, but then I was like, well, let me see here. I, I create, I got the money that I, I got to the level where I want to get to successfully. Now it's like, okay, well, how do I shorten my time? And so I was like, okay, well, if I can choose what I want to have and I can create it, well, then let's see how this works. So I put it all in the play and I reduced my hours in my office about almost 50%. Um, well, I changed my business business aspect first um, where we, we changed things. We took a 40% hit in business, but I was like, I'm going to work less and I'm going to be more strategic on what I do to help serve my patients the best I can be. But plus do other things that I enjoy, like being with my family or um, doing, you know, creating programs for online classes or coaching. And that had another passion that I wanted to fulfill also. And so um, we did that. And then a year later, we were back at the income where we were before with that less amount of time. And it was just fascinating. So putting those principles together is kind of what led me to experiment on myself. And then I started coaching with, uh, I did group coaching at first with entrepreneurs, putting that together to see, okay, here's an online class. I'm going to walk you through it and I'll group coach you through the process. And I had about 50, 60 entrepreneurs off the bat we started with. And it was amazing on the transformation they went through because a lot of them were like, why is my life easier? I thought I was supposed to work harder. And I'm like, mm -hmm. and, and you know, and the thing is, I always tell people, you don't, you can continue to do whatever amount of work you want to do. The key is working, working with the laws, working in harmony with the universe or God or whatever, but working with this, these systems that exist and how to work with your brain to understand how it works, just basic fundamentals. And when you put that all together, it's very easy then just to apply and say, well, I just have to follow this. And as long as I keep using these rules, just like in any game, you could be really good at the game as long as you know the rules. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and I know today we're going to be talking about vision. And so I would love for you to discuss, you know, why is it important to focus more on vision than on goals? Because a lot of people set their goals and they focus on that. So why is that more important than goal setting? <laughs> Yeah, for me, I always was a goal setter. I set the time, I'm going to do the work and so forth. And what I found out was, is that it would stress me out sometimes because I wouldn't hit them or something mm. would come up and it was just frustrating. And I said, okay, well, after like a couple of years of being burned out, not hitting my goals as well as I wanted, I was like, there's got to be something else to this. And so what I started to do and what I realized from my mistake was, is I had an attachment to my goals. I still mm. set goals, but it's more of like, 
here's what I want to do. But whenever it happens, it happens. I'm not really so honed on that. I'm more honed on the vision because vision is setting the path of where you want to go. It's like a GPS. You're, You're putting in your destination. Now, there are things called life that are going to show up. Construction, car accidents, you know, you may have to take detours. But no matter what, you're still knowing you're going to get to the end of the mind. And I started looking at like the greatest, you know, I studied a lot of millionaires and billionaires. And what I found out is a lot of them focus on vision. I remember when Elon Musk was, he had a rocket, third rocket that failed and the news was bashing him and saying all these things, or he couldn't create the output for Tesla Model 3 to come out. And people were saying, oh, look, you're not gonna be able to meet the today's man. And he goes, you guys are criticizing me for something that's short term. He goes, we're going to get there long term. It's going to happen one way or another. That's vision. In his mind, he knew it was going to happen. He's going to have to detour a little bit, but he'll get there. But the principle of vision is that is you're setting the course of where you want to go. And that's critical because one, you once you know you have crystal clarity of where you're going, then your actions line up a lot easier because then you choose what you're going to do to align to the vision. And when you do that, that's the path of least resistance. Now you're not creating incongruencies in your life or doing something that you deep down, you're like, I just have to do this. But deep down, you're like, I don't want to do that. That's an incongruency of some sort. And when, like, sometimes I work with chiropractors and some like don't like using insurance because of all the nuances that come with it. But they're like, right. but I have to do this. Right. And I always tell them that's going to be a that's going to be a growth blocker right there because you have an incongruency. And it's like a marketing principle uh, in marketing. They say a confused mind always says no. Well, it's Mm -hmm. the same thing. If you're not crystal clear with your vision and you're not doing the action steps to align with your vision, then you're literally creating the telling the universe or whatever it may be that you're not in congruency with it. So you're creating confusion and then it doesn't know what to give you because it's like you're saying this mentally. Right. But then it's like, hey, but your actions are doing this. So we're kind of confused. Where is your value there? Right. Well, I think someone might be a little bit confused on, you know, okay, well, goals aren't as important as your vision because goals are still going to help you plan out where you want to go, you know? So, and obviously you said you still set goals. So it's not like you're saying completely throw that out, you know, and not have them, but I guess like just explain to someone maybe how they can use goals with the vision to make sure they're still getting where they want to go, but not being totally overwhelmed if they don't hit the goals that they originally set for themselves. So the way I kind of explain goals is like, if you're on, I like using a a GPS and like a going on a road trip, goals are just the marker of where you are along the vision, right? so if you're like going through, let's say Chicago to New York, well, there's certain town cities I'm going to grow through. So it's just, oh, I'm here at this point. Okay, great. Thumbs up. Like for an example, uh, a goal I had when I changed my business and being more focused on pediatrics, um, we took a 40% hit because we were kind of clearing out the office of like, what wasn't really following our vision? Not that we were getting rid of adults. We, we kept the adults. It was just people who weren't sticking to care plans, not really focused. I, I was more concerned about their health than they were. And that's just, mm-hmm. that doesn't work out well. And so right. we were like, all right, let's, let's shift gears. And then the goal was we want to grow the office to 50% pediatrics. That was our goal. The vision was to serve and help kiddos to not to help them to return back to the natural essence of who they are, which is happy, healthy, and vibrant. That's our vision. So the focus of everything we did was that we had markers to see how we were doing, kind of like just to evaluate, but we had no attachment to it. And I think that's the biggest key is not being attached to your goals, like saying it has to happen. It was just like, it's going to happen when it does. And we know it's going to, because here's the vision of why we do what we do. Here's the purpose of why we do what we do. And then eventually that is just going to meet. And it's funny because I, I, I say it's funny because 
it only took us six months to get there. We didn't do anything. Like I, we didn't, we only had one workshop that was focused on pediatrics, but because of our intention and our vision and our purpose and everything was aligned that way, it was the conversations that we had normal, same conversations, nothing different in our office with our patients on education and so forth, but they were starting to be like, okay, what about kids? Or someone saw me adjusting an infant. Why was an infant in here? Oh my God, maybe my kid could better. For me. And it just started to happen. And I'm sitting there going, and I, I remember I was telling my wife this, I'm like, all we did was we shifted our focus and our, what our vision, we got crystal clear on our vision and why we do what we do. And then of course you have your, you have your metrics just to kind of see where you're at along the way. Right. So then why is clarity really so important in business and life? You know, because someone may have a crystal clear vision in one area, but maybe not be clear on exactly what they want to do in another. So maybe touch on kind of how that correlates together. So I can make it real short, but I'll, I'll, I'll share some examples. Um, it's just like, when you think of clarity, just think of eyesight and how well you can see. Imagine mm-hmm. if you need thick glasses, right? To, let's say you have a negative, you know, five, seven, nine, whatever it may be. And you take those glasses off. How important is it to have clarity right there, right? You can't see the fine details. You can't see all those good things. And so the same thing works in the mind. You have to, there's a, there's a couple of principles. There's a spiritual principle that says, what you see in the mind's eyes, what you're going to create and you're, you're going to tell the eyes what to see or what you're going to be able to see in your reality. Um, the, there's a, a neurological principle that shows that the, something called the reticular activating system, which is a part of the brain, um, that actually is a huge filter. So it, it, what it filters out is information that, um, that you, don't deem, you don't see valuable, that's not important mm-hmm. to you. And it only allows in your experience what you deem that is valuable. Um, and so there's, there's that component. And then the quantum physics component says, well, there's something called the observer effect. And I'll keep that real short and simple, but it's basically scientists were looking at light and they wanted to see, is it a wave or a particle? And when they weren't looking, um, the light acted like a wave. But when they did look, it turned into a particle. And every time they kept looking, they would see it turn into a part. It would be a particle when they were looking and then it would go back to a wave when they weren't looking. And so it talks about how consciousness plays a role on matter. And they've done other studies to kind of support that. But it, it's taking those, those three things. You've got to be crystal clear on it because when I talk about clarity, I am talking about not only just seeing it in your mind's eye, using visualization and so forth. I'm even talking about how do you feel emotionally in that? How do you, what do you see? Like every aspect, like the secret did a great job. The movie, the documentary, the secret talked about how um, you got to get like, you know, if you want to have that new car, what's the feeling? What's the smell? How do you feel in there? What do you notice? You know, all these visuals, that's how crystal clear you want to be with that. Because again, a confused mind will always say no. If you're giving a vision that, you know, is like a negative five and what you can see to the world, there's not a lot of great details. You may not get what you want. You may not get exactly at that moment. But when you can be very definitive, laser focused and say, here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I want. Here's what I'm, this is my purpose. And this is my passion and what I'm doing. Then all of a sudden you're, you're teamed in and you're crystal clear with it. Universe, it makes it a lot easier to get that experience back into your world. Right. So what would you tell someone who's thinking like, well, if I'm too specific in my vision, you know, I might not, you know, make it to where I want to be. So maybe it's a little better to still be a bit broad. Why would you counsel them against being too broad? Because again, if you're too broad, you leave it open. Like it's kind of like telling somebody what you want and you tell them, Hey, just, uh, you know, I want, uh, uh, can you give me an order of a pizza? That's all I would just grab a pizza. I don't care what, right. But you didn't tell them you don't like olives. 
So they choose olives on the pizza and you're going, oh, I don't like olives. Well, you didn't tell me you didn't want olives. Okay, maybe I got to get a little better with that. Um, I've done this with, I've, I've done this myself and I've shared this advice in the past. Like you choose somebody of who you want as a partner, right? There's an old task. Like if you don't know who you're looking for, just write everything out what you like. I, I, I used to give that advice. I don't anymore because what happens is you're choosing somebody and you do get it. It's amazing how it works. But then you're like, oh, I didn't think of that. Oh man, I forgot to be more specific here. Oh, I got that, but I didn't know about that. And so it's one of those things where you, when you, the less details, the the more you, it's throwing a mixed mix, mix message. So think of it like someone who's asking you what you want to eat. The more specific you are, the more you'll get. Or if you look at it like a documentary or a movie, you know, nowadays, like a Netflix, they have so many ways they break things down now. They're getting more and more specific. If you just tell somebody you want a comedy, and then they they give they recommend you a dark comedy. You're like, I don't like dark comedies. That right. really just doesn't make me feel good, right? Getting specific. Hey, I like comedies that are more, you know, maybe romantic comedies. This is more what I like. So the better, the more specific you are, the better. Um, and then, you know, that will be able to um, give that crystal clarity because then it's an inner knowing. You know, you can define it. You can share it. And that's crucial when it comes to creating and attracting the life that you desire. Right. Well, I was thinking of the example that you gave earlier about GPS and if you're starting from Chicago to New York, right? So if you intend to get to Buffalo, but you just say New York and you end up in New York City, right? It's going to be totally different right? than where exactly. you intended to exactly. go. Exactly. <laughs> you can you take it in so many analogies. I, I use it like one of the my course, I always talk about like, uh, I use a sailboat as an example, right? And, and I say, having a vision is you have the compass, you know where you need to go, right? And you know, the wind's going to take you, that's life and so mm-hmm. forth, but you know where you're headed. And then I'm like, without a vision is you just throw the compass in the ocean and say, let's go. Uh, I'm going to go this direction. And hopefully that's going to where I need to be. And then you're kind of rolling the dice on that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So let's help the startup businesses too, who maybe, you know, they've never even had to create a vision before and they're just getting started. What advice would you give to someone who's starting a company now? Find your specific niche of what you're looking for that you are good in your strengths that you can be and make it be, I mean, like, for example, I'm a pediatric chiropractor, right? I'm hyper specific to pediatrics. Do I take care of adults? Of course I do. Do I take care of families? Of course we do. But my, my specificness is to pediatric and that's my specialty on what I do. Specialists in the world get paid the most. They're the ones that can charge the higher price. You know, if you go to a general practitioner versus a brain surgeon, definitely mm-hmm. getting different uh, income value from there. And it's because they're a specialist. So my advice to a startup that I wish I had starting up because it took me five years to finally say, hey, I'm going to go to pediatrics. This is, I kind of fought that. I was going to do it in school when I was learning it. And then I was like, no, I'm a nutrition guy. I've studied nutrition. I, w- I went a whole different route. And then I laugh because then five years later, I come back and I'm like, yeah, I'm in pediatric doc. Um, but it's being really hyper-specific to what it is your strengths are. And I'm like real crystal clear. And it's okay to be real specific to the sense of even like uh, some programs I'm a part of. We, we will talk about like, you know, you know, entrepreneurs. Well, what kind of entrepreneurs? You can get even more specific, like how I help in entrepreneurs. Um, because the more you can be specific, the more it's easy for the person, the, the, the client to be like, oh, that's me. He's, mm-hmm. That person's talking about me. And so that's one of the biggest things I would say that for my career, for my aspect, because I was trying to study everything and above and try to implement so many things where I've learned now, it's just what's the niche, focus on my niche and go ahead and just present that. It may change along the road and it may, you, you, right. you pay attention to who you're attracting and so forth. Um, and then it's like, wow, I'm attracting a lot more of this. So maybe I'm going to shift gears and go that route. But also too, the, the other thing is, make a decision and walk it, watch it play itself out. 
Mm-hmm. Too many times I think we make a decision, we feel like it's not working, we get uncomfortable with it, and then we're like, all right, I'm gonna go somewhere else. And I kind of use that as an example of like stocks. If you and I'm not, this is not financial advice, but you know, dollar cost averaging, just constantly putting money monthly into something has shown over years it plays out better than uh, doing other methods. And so I always say, like, if you're trying to short the market or try to play short term, um, and if let's say a stock is not moving fast enough, you're like, I don't want to, I'm done, I'm moving on to something else. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, a week later, you're like, it just jumped up 30%. Oh, man. Um, I've had that happen a lot. Uh, but long story short, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, watching and making the decision and watch it play itself out. Those are mm-hmm. some of the things that I, that's the one biggest thing, uh, two biggest things actually that I would recommend. Right. Well, and it's important to give something time to happen, but at the same time, if you're letting something go way too long, you know, so that's sometimes hard to know exactly when should you like adjust something because maybe it's not working. Um, but, you know, don't try something once or twice and be like, oh, it's not working. <laughs> you know? that, that's what I normally will see is that like it's once or twice. And that's it. I always say like I have a rule before I'm that type of guy who's like, I'll let it wait out a little, sometimes a little too long. Um, <laughs> I've gotten better with it where I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to make this decision. And then it's this certain period of time I'm going to give myself. And if it doesn't, I'll have to re-figure that out and, and make sure you give it enough time, you know, three, four months to give your time to, you know, and sometimes things don't need to be three, four months. It could be a month. It could be a week. It just depends on your business and what you do uh, that will play around with that time frame. Right. Exactly. Well, and where you were talking before about being very specific in the niche that sometimes can seem counterintuitive to someone, especially if they're starting business, because they're like, I need to get my clients and I want to take anyone. Right. And if I you know, narrow it down too much, I'm turning people away. And like you're saying, it's not that you're turning people away necessarily, but it's helping with your marketing. So you can speak to that person and attract the ones that you want. So it's not like you can't help them just focus on somebody else, you know, that you do want to attract. And then the others can come as well. Right. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's the thing, like it, it, in, in, I've seen it in my own business. When I learned this, I was like five years late, six years later, I'm going, I mean, you're telling me I could hit this a lot faster if I just, you know, was that specific, but then I would have lost, I felt like mm-hmm. I would have lost out. Right. Cause that's that whole thing. Right. Scarcity mindset. Um, but actually it does even more good for you than, than at least I've, I've experienced and with other entrepreneurs I've worked with it, it does way more. Uh, it just makes it easier for the, again, going back to marketing principles, a confused mind always says no. So if you say I serve right. everyone, they're going to be like, right. how, how does that work? But if you say, Hey, I serve this specific amount of individuals, I can even get more specific than that if you need to. And then all of a sudden you have a little niche and then that's where, again, specialists get paid more. So that's where you can, mm-hmm. you know, of course, being worth your value of what you do, make sure you can, you know, do it at that level. But that's where I, that's where I usually recommend. Right. And on this topic then of, you know, growing the business and, you know, being come, becoming successful, right? Would you say success is luck or is it choice? Or what would you say has that impact on how you're doing with your success? I believe it's all choice because it's, you know, there is, you know, some people say, well, there is some luck. And I'm like, well, I don't agree with luck because here's why. If I show up every day doing what I need to do every single day, being consistent and working on my craft, working on my skill and doing all the things that I need to do. A prime example of that was when COVID hit. Last year, um, there was threats of potentially our office would have had to be closed down. We fell under, we're physicians in the state of Illinois, so we were able to keep the office open. Um, and but at the, during the time, my wife was like, why aren't you worried about any of this? You know, you're not worried about the office closing. You're not worried about the, you, you, you show like you really don't have any worry. Like you're just, just moving along. And I said, 
I meditate every day. I stay focused on my vision every day. I stay centered to what I need to do. I don't let short-term stuff really distract me. I said, everything will be fine. We're going to work through this one way or another. We're going to get through that. And long story short, did we take a hit? We did. We took a 40% hit, but two months later, we broke records. And it was staying in tune with that and practicing and being very consistent with the work that we do um, to make sure that we don't allow the, the shortcomings of life affect us or persuade us away from that. Right. That's, that's go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I do think that things will impact businesses, obviously that are outside your control sometimes, but it's how you manage those. And if you can do things to, you know, if like, like I said, when COVID hit and business is reduced, then you cut back on other things or whatever to manage finances. So you could stay, you know, financially stable or things like that. There's things you can do to make those choices, right. <laughs> Keep going, but there are outside factors that can hit you as well. And there is, and that's where like, you know, there's other, like, I think about it in sports all the time where, uh, and it could be anything, and, you know, uh, playing a musical instrument or just, you know, even just what I do. I remember um, I used to practice. One of the things I was taught in school from my mentors is like, have workshops. And if no one shows up, you still present. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to waste my time. That's a, that's a point <laughs> where, yeah, I got other things to worry about. I prepped beforehand. Why do I have to, but I got it after a while. I was like, you know, I'm going to trust the process. So I started doing that. What I didn't know is I was going to actually have an opportunity to be a go speak for uh, some corporations out in the East Coast. And the person overheard me in a presentation. Now, if I never practiced as well as I did, that opportunity would never, I would have never did well in that opportunity. That's why I believe it's more choice because I chose every day to practice regardless of the outcome so that when the moment did come, I can seize on that moment. Um, And it's just, and you can see that across the board. Like I use COVID a lot as examples. Like look at all the billionaires now how their, their net worth, I think it almost tripled uh, all the billionaires in the world or the United States. And they all basically tripled during COVID. And so, I, and whatever that reason may be, but I'm always like, look at that. They had preparations. They probably, you know, they, they knew how to adapt as quick as they can to help serve in that market. And it, it they, or they may have already had systems in place like Amazon. Look how great, what a great convenience, right? You can't go out shopping or people are not leaving the house. Well, we'll just do Amazon everything. And it makes it just right. so much more convenient. So that's, again, luck, is it? Well, we could say that, but I always look at choices because I always believe right. choices lead up to that opportunity. And if you've done your work, you're going to thrive in that place, which people will call luck, which I look back and just say, congrats for doing the work. That's the reward of doing right. the work. Well, I think it's true. I think you do have to take those opportunities and do what you can with them. And like I said, you're making those choices to work hard every day, you know, and make it through. And those who don't want to necessarily make the choice to continue working hard might just say, oh, I'm out of business because, you know, it was just bad luck or something. But we try, you know, you do have to make some changes where needed, but do your best to really just focus on your business and keep on going. Totally. And you met, you brought something up earlier that I thought was great to point out too. Like, you know, when things get lean, right in my business, I have lean months and in, in, in prosperous months. And it's one of the things where I, I was told this years ago and I love this and I do this now because some people, when things are going great, you're like, all right, what are we going to do next? We're going to go here. We're going to spend this. And I always say, make those choices in your lean months mm-hmm. because you're going to be way more frugal on things. You're going to be more specific of being like, hold on here. We're, we're, let's see. What is, what can we get the greatest bang for our buck at that point? Where when things are prosperous, you're like, ah, I'll take a hit. It's fine. No worries. I, I'm, I'm good. Right. But then when that lean month comes, sometimes you're like, ah, I overdid it here. And now I have to sacrifice here. And, and that affects creativity and ways for you to create more vehicles of bringing in more, you know, prosper, being more prosperous in your business. Mm-hmm. That's a great tip. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. 
So um, I would love for you to explain to you why are distractions some of the biggest reasons why we're not successful? It all comes down to focus, right? The more, you know, there's a law that states that um, wherever attention goes, energy flows, wherever energy flows, manifestation grows, right? That attention is your focus. If you realize that you are life, whatever you put your energy to, you're going to create more of. Now you've done this mm-hmm. without even knowing this. Like for example, um, you ever had an issue in a relationship or something like that, and you just keep focusing on the negatives instead of mm-hmm. the positives, right? What happens every time that person speaks, you are already looking for the littlest thing to react to. You're going right. to create more life out of that rather than shifting gears. Or it's like someone who is really positive. Um, you mm-hmm. look and, and, and they, the worst thing in the world can happen to them and they'll turn it around and be like, yeah, but here's the positive from it. And you're like, well, you're not, a, you know, sometimes they're like, you're, you're, you're denying the negative. And they're like, no, I just, I, I see this in my life right. and I get to choose if I want to create that different experience. So the focus is critical. Distractions show up in many different ways. Um, nowadays, we live in a world of more distraction than ever before with social media and, and, and a way, you know, news and just how things are polarized. It pulls us one way or the other. And the key thing is, is you got to minimize that noise in your life. And what I mean by that is how do you sharpen the mind to not be so distracted? Mm-hmm. That's the key, because if you can do that, and this is like my wife asked me, she was like, well, why aren't you worried with everything going on? And I told her, honey, I've been meditating for 14, 15 years. That keeps my mind sharp and focused. So I don't get so distracted into the story or into the, the situation and say, well, this is how it's going to happen. Instead, I take a step back and say, let me analyze everything. And then what can we create? What can we mm-hmm. do to give us our best shot to play, you know, to adapt to this situation so we can be better? And so that's where, you know, because anytime you have a distraction, you're, you're giving energy away from what you want to create. And it's going to that distraction now. So you have less power, less energy or less focus to what you want to have. And that's going to make it harder or take longer to achieve that if that if you can get there. Right. Well, and I think that's a good point, too, because a lot of times, you know, people are saying, you know, you need to be able to multitask and, and do these things. And that's sometimes even an interview question, right? Can you multitask, right? And so a lot of people think they have to be able to do all these different things at once. But like you've said, I mean, it can really just take away the, you know, the, um, the, per- the progress that you already have on something that you're doing. If now you're stopping because you're looking to do this and like, okay, I'm going to answer that phone call. I'm going to get back to that email. And then I'm going to get back to my project. If you just focused on doing a project for an hour or something, right, you'd be probably more successful. So I think that's another thing is helping to educate entrepreneurs that are, especially those are starting out that say, don't think that you have to juggle five things at once. You can focus on one thing at a time and be successful. Yeah. One of the things I teach a lot of entrepreneurs is I love that because, you know, success always leaves clues. I love learning from millionaires and billionaires kind of like they obviously are doing something, you know, especially someone who owns like 12, 14 businesses. And I'm like, I got one or two and I'm, I'm working my butt off on one and two. How are they, you know, but it's always fascinating because I teach this very strongly about they only focus on one to three things for the day. Now Mm -hmm. they have other things that may come up, but they're like, this is the main three, one, two, or three things that I'm going to accomplish today. I call it success things. Like, what are the things you're going to do that's going to get you closer to success? And so Mm -hmm. that's all they focus on. When you're talking about like, I also work on time management, right? How do you map out your time? I always tell my patients, like, you'll get an email. If you email me, you'll get a response in 24 hours. Unless it's on a weekend, then it may be the whole weekend. And, you know, I have some like put urgent on there if I see it. But, um, and the reason why it's every 24 hours is because I only check my email once or twice a day. 
you know, or I'll take time to check emails and respond. Um, like I do if I'm checking text messages. Sometimes my friends like, I texted you like four hours ago. What took you so long? I only check text messages at a certain time. And the reason why is because your mind can only handle so much. Like Steve Jobs and some of the, the, the big tech guys, they, they understand that you only have a certain amount of decision power in your brain. And so like, that's why Steve Jobs wore the same thing over and over, right? Some of these guys wear the same clothes. I think Mike Dell does the same thing where they just wear the same clothes they have different, obviously, somebody's like, do they wear the same shirt every day? It's like, <laughs> they have multiple of the same one. <laughs> right. But the key factor is they don't have to decide on clothes. I think Mark Zuckerberg right. does this too. They just pick, a, they pick out their clothes and they, they just grab them and they walk out and they go start their day because you only have a certain amount of decision power. So if you're multitasking, bouncing all over the place, that's spreading energy away. That's lack of focus on the intent of what you need to create for the day. And that's going to minimize, again, your creativity and your power to create or achieve what it is you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and you talked about focus and mindfulness before. So what are the most powerful tips you can give someone who's really never practiced mindfulness? So the easiest, so the best one is meditation, but I will say there's something that can help make it easier. And the reason why is like, so what my patients always recommend this, because a lot of times if you're going to go meditate and this is your first time, you never meditated, even for the first month, you're not going to enjoy it because your mind is so used to having thoughts and focusing on the thoughts that you don't know how you're not trained to just sit in centerness and watch the thoughts go by. Like, you'll be like, oh, that's cool. I'm thinking about that. Let me get back here. Uh, I'll think about that. Uh, Let me get back here and then get used to being that centeredness. So meditation is the greatest thing you can do because it's it's an art that you're learning how to focus. That's what it really is designed to do. But there is something that you can happen to be a little faster. And that is something called breath work. Now, there's many different forms of breath work. Um, There's Wim Hof, there's Soma breath, there's sky breath, there's holotropic breath. Um, There's a lot of different breath work that, that, and they work from a neurological standpoint, they're phenomenal. You have a part of your mid, your brainstem that's called the breath pacemaker. And what this part of the brain does, it's monitoring your respiratory rate all day, every day. That's why when you're angry, you rest, you have a faster respiratory rate versus when you're happy or when you're calm or when you're sleeping, there's different mm-hmm. rates and they have a different effect on the nervous system. Breath work, um, again, it doesn't matter which one you use. You can do square breathing. I can go on. There's so many of them. But what ha- the purpose of breath work is, is that you can practice the breath. And what it'll do is it will affect your autonomic nervous system and it will start to calm you down. It stimulates something called the parasympathetic. And what that will do then is your brain will start to calm. So people who I, in my, there's a little neural hack I'll give away for you guys is that in my programs, I always teach how to combine the two. So I always tell people do breath work first. Because after the session, after two weeks of doing breath work, you can get into a very deep state. Some people even say as deep as what yogis practice for 20 to 30 years, uh, because we are all training that nervous system and really getting it into a centered place. And then when you're nice and calm and centered, then you can meditate. And that's going to build, make it easier for you to go deeper into your meditations. And as long as you keep practicing this, what ends up happening is then you can build your, your muscle for meditation to where then you can practice breath work if you need to, but you can be easier into your meditated state because you know what it feels like to get centered and calm. You know what it feels like now to feel a thought coming through and just be like, oh, there it goes. And that's it. And so when you guys hear me talking about like thoughts coming in and just seeing them, just to give you a visual, it's kind of like being in a city and you're looking at a skyscraper. You can see the cars coming by underneath and the buses and all that, but you're not taking your eyes off the skyscraper. So the thoughts are the cars and the, and the buses and all those kind of things. But as long as you're, you're keeping your eye on the skyscraper, you're staying focused and centered. Perfect. So if somebody is 
still like, okay, this all sounds great. I want to create a vision. I want to be able to focus on, you know, what I need to focus on. Like, what are a couple of tips that you would give to someone who is just starting out? So this is going to sound a little dark. <laughs> um, the best way to develop your vision, in my opinion, and the things I've done for myself and working with others is that you want to think of, you know, looking at your life at the end first. So what that means is like, look at death, look at, you know, what's your, if, if imagine somebody, this is a great thing. I've heard about this years ago and I've, I've used it and I love it is like, think about the person when you pass and someone reads your eulogy, what do you want them to say about you? And then when they're done saying everything they want, you want them to say about you, then you got to ask the hard, real question. How much are you living that person? How much are you being that person? Right. So that's more of like a characteristic, but there's reasons behind that because once you see your values and your characteristics, then you're like, okay, no, this is, I got to do this. I want to be this type of a person. I want to do that. Great. Now we're getting into some emotions with that. Then we can pull that and say, okay, now what do you want to leave to the world? What's your legacy? What do you want to give to the world to help to know that you made a difference? And that's all going to relate based on what you felt through that eulogy. Because once you think about like, I want to be this type of a person, like for me, no matter who I interact with, whoever I'm working with, my main vision as life is just to raise the consciousness level of that individual so they can understand and realize the infinite potential they have within them to experience, to choose and create whatever they want. That's my main vision. And so that came from there because at the end, I just want people to know that I've always been here to help serve. I always want to be there to help with them in any shape or form. And I can put more words to it, but the, the vision is the main thing of my purpose. So really getting, looking at death and knowing that we have, um, there's going to come a time and a place that will kind of put a fire under, you know, what to really start to be like, okay, now I got to get crystal clear here. I got to really get this all together. And then when you start to do that, everything just starts to align because the emotions are going to come. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to see what do I want people to think of me as, how do I want to be, and then, or how do I want them to see me as, and then you'll start to be that person. And that starts to create that alignment. Right. And people can use their business to actually create that legacy. Like some people might think it's kind of separate, like here in my life is the legacy that I want to leave. And then I've just got my business that's helping, you know, to support, you know, me and my, my life or whatever, but you can actually use that business to actually support the legacy that you want to have. Massively. And that's a one big thing I teach is that how to use your business to be a vehicle of your passion. Like for me, like I'm not too art. I don't have art. Like the only artwork I do is woodworking. I got into it about five, six years ago. I love it. Um, nowhere near an expert, but I'm, I'm getting better every day uh, practicing when I can. But the purpose is, is that when I, I, I look at like when I create businesses, that's a passion project of mine that I want to leave a legacy with. Right. That's, mm -hmm. that's my passion. And I'm like, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. And if I don't care again, I don't get to like, you want it to be successful and so forth, but at the same token, I'm like, I want to just share this with the world. And the value that I give to the world is the value that they're going to invest in me in themselves really, but investing into what I'm sharing. Um, that's the kind of mindset with it. So everything I do is part of that legacy, but it has to align to my vision or else I'm fighting it. Right. If I'm saying I got to raise the consciousness, that's my goal of what I'm doing. But then here I am in my business and I'm creating something that, you know, suppresses one thing and does benefit for someone else or whatever. Maybe I, I don't really have them. I'm too pure hearted. I got, I'm like, what kind of example can I give here? Um, but you know, something along those lines, it's, it's, then it's, there's an incongruency to my vision with my business and that's going to create, um, unsubtleties on a more lower vibration of frequencies of emotions, like anger and things like that from it. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think we just all have to realize that I think 
you know, most people know this too, but your life and your business are going to intersect. You can't completely keep them separate. So they are going to impact each other. So if you can have your business kind of impact your life the way that you want to do for, you know, sharing your life with other people. And like I said, making that impact and having that legacy, you know, that's obviously something that you would want to have happen. Right. So, well, it's like, I tell chiropractors a lot too. It's like, well, any and entrepreneurs also, but like when you're in business, like you got to incorporate your family into that. And they're like, well, no, they're mm-hmm. separate. They, they don't be about, I'm like, no, they're going to be involved in everything with that. You may not think they're in the business, but they're part of that right. because you are going to be affected from it. And it's like mm-hmm. when I was, my wife and I talked about this one time, I was going to start a business up and she's like, I think that's great. But she goes, I already know where you are with things. And she goes, you're going to, I'm going to have to be involved with that. I'm like, you don't have to be involved. I'm going to take care of everything. You don't have to worry about it. And she's like, nope. She goes, because you're going to come home and there's going to be times you're going to be feeling this way, or I need to hear you vent. And cause you want to get something off your chest. And she's like, I have to be involved in that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, okay, you got a point there. I have to re I have to rethink how I want to do this. Yep. And I think that's a good point for anyone who's listening to is to realize you may think you could keep it separate, but really your family is going to be impacted whether you think so or not, because the time that you have away from them to run the business, or like you said, you might have, you know, some successes or challenges or something you want to come home and share with them too. So having them be a support for you and your business makes it so much easier for you to be successful. Yeah. And that's why the work we do, like, you know, we talk about, we've been saying all the day about the main vision, but then there's also five visions underneath that one that has to all align with your main vision so that everything is in congruency and relationships is one of those that you have to make Mm -hmm. sure it is lining up to what you want to create for the world and so forth. Right. Right. Well, this has been great. I know we're getting close to the end of the time that we have. So I would love for you to share uh, any offer that you have with our listeners. Yeah, I'm right now I'm offering uh, the first three chapters of my recent book, A Walk in the Dark, uh, absolutely free. All you have to do is just go to my website, empoweryourreality.com, and you'll see it on the top left corner. You can scroll through a couple of parts of the main page. Um, it's a great book. I highly recommend it just because it really teaches us how to embrace the darkness. The darkness can be challenges, obstacles, anything that we face in life. But learning the little little nuggets or the little pearls of wisdom that come from that, it may be ahas or big transformation, but there's gifts in there that really allow us to be like, oh my goodness, there's there, I can learn a lot from this instead of letting it hinder us or us run away from it. Perfect. And if listeners want to connect with you, besides just going to that website for the free gift, how would they reach you? You can reach me all on social media, uh, Dr. Vic Manzo on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, LinkedIn is Dr. Manzo. Um, I have some of those links on my website, but you can connect to me all there. Um, and then if you're interested, I have a podcast also, um, the mindfulexperiment.com. You can check that out and listen to some of the episodes that I've done. Perfect. Well, thank you, Victor, so much for being a guest on my show. I really appreciate your time and sharing your expertise with us. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Sure. And I do want to thank the listener also for tuning in today. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some questions about the importance of clarity of your vision. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Victor at any of the links he shared, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd greatly appreciate your support. I hope you can join us for next week's topic, Secrets of Building a High-Performance Self-Accountable Culture. And remember, you can connect with us on Twitter, 
Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. And remember, you can also find the podcast posted on multiple favorite podcast platforms, including Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.